Hi guys, welcome back. I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Alana. And this is part two of our Traveling While Colored episode. Yeah, so last week in part one, we talked about the, the planning element of traveling as a minority. Yeah. The fact that if you are a person of color, uh, the question of is it safe for me to travel to insert country name there is a very valid well-considered question yeah and also too, think about it you're traveling you want to have a good time you're probably spending close to at least a thousand dollars on you know hotels airbnbs uh tickets food food, shopping uh, general entertainment exploring you know sightseeing all that and you want to have a good time yeah you definitely don't want to bolster another country's economy and that country treats you like shit yeah so this episode is all about what happens when you get there because yes we can talk about racism while traveling but when you're actually in the country that you have determined you want to travel to there can be there's there's racism there and how do we deal with it Mm -hmm. so i would think the first thing to talk about is um do you stay in a hotel do you stay in an airbnb i know that airbnb and and home sharing uh, way more it's like the thing now it's the thing now but it might not be the thing for black people and for asian people no not at all uh airbnb has come under a lot of fire recently because uh hosts have been outed as racist and certain former airbnb uh clients have reported that they have faced racist discrimination either from hosts or from people generally in the neighborhood. Um, There is a home sharing app similar to Airbnb. Airbnb. It was called Noir B&B or is called Noir B&B and it was started by a black man out of Atlanta who um, had a really undesirable experience with with Airbnb. Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him and a friend were staying at an Airbnb. They were in town for a performance and I guess the cops were called as soon as they showed up and uh, very clearly because these were black people. Yeah. And uh, one of these gentlemen decided to make his own version of Airbnb called Noir B&B that was safe for African-American people to book that that African-American felt like they were not going to face discrimination. They felt like they were not going to be hated against for the color of their skin and can travel with that peace of mind, which is mm-hmm. a huge peace of mind. Huge. Because, I mean, there are some Airbnbs, Airbnbs where you stay and you're like un- next door to the hosts. You know, yeah, you're in a duplex, you're in another, you're in a guest house, you're somewhere where the Airbnb host is right next to you. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're, you're in danger or just the added level of stress that you don't need to have because traveling also can be really stressful on mm-hmm. top of that. And, and just greeted with maybe, you know, not, I mean, however it is, the, the experiences that people have had with Airbnb, whether you're black or Asian or any other uh, race, is, is, is not okay. You're providing a service. You know, yes, the host itself is providing a service and using yeah. Airbnb as the platform. Yes, and Air- yes. and that they need to take responsibility. You know, they the host or they they Airbnb. Oh, b- both sides, I think. Because see, I think that's where the waters get murky. Mur- oh, for sure, is who's really held liable here? Because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not. Because here's the thing: if you if you're hosting and you and you're racist mm-hmm. and you don't want these people, then a know that that is something that's going to happen. Like, don't obviously, like, this, 
don't I don't know what I'm saying is like be smart about it or just like if you don't want black people then like I, I don't know what it is don't be on Airbnb or I see what you know I mean I don't communicate in, don't communicate in a way where the black people all of a sudden find out that you don't want only black you know what I mean like yeah because then that then you're under fire and then if then if Airbnb finds out then all that stuff and if or if you're Airbnb you make a find a way to make a contract where you can't and see I think that Airbnb be, does have discrimination codes in place exactly but whether I mean whether you know, or not yeah they are fully clearly obviously not is a different question right because I think that the racist host would argue I have a right to make money ha- make extra money and pick money, and choose and who pick I want choo- exactly sure absolutely um and because it is technically the host's home yeah the thought, even more so, is this is my private space that I'm opening up even to more strangers. reason. Right. Even more of a reason why I, that I have to police who's coming in and who's coming out of mm-hmm, my home. Mm-hmm, I agree. But in that particular instance that I mentioned, that was the neighborhood hating on the black people for essentially coming in. Mm. What about if it's the Airbnb's host? There was a black woman in Amsterdam who was pushed down the stairs by her Airbnb host because she checked out late. That was another form of discrimination that Airbnb has fielded. Bob Marley's granddaughter also had the cops called on her and her friends as they were leaving their Airbnb by a white neighbor because uh, I guess I guess this white neighbor, female, uh, smiled and waved and they didn't smile and wave back. So she thought that was licensed to call the police. Ugh. But it's not just black people that incur this kind of racism when traveling. Asian people do, too. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. This I think this ha- this huge explosion was happened last year. Um, the, it was a big thing um, where the particularly I think it was an exchange between an Asian woman and a white woman um, who was hosting, and she had made a trip months before and planned it all out with her and her friends. Um, there was a, a big article about it on CNN um, that that she had talked to the Airbnb host and said, hey, I'm going to bring two of my friends. And the Airbnb host said, hey, that's totally fine. Just, you know, pay more money. And so there were three minutes from arriving to the, to the cabin in Big Bear. But also it was... A, it was a, a blizzard. massive blizzard happening, yeah. and Mine they had chains on. They were three minutes away, and she had, you know, um, I think communicated with the host saying, "Okay, so how do we pay you with my extra friends that are with me?" And the host seemed to forget that they had somehow communicated right. about the extra friend situation and said, "No way, are you kidding me?" Um, there were specific, specific, specific. Uh, Exchanges between her and the Airbnb host saying that one word says it all, Asian. Um, and then I believe her name is Din Su, D-Y-N-E-S-H. She's a young Asian lady. I'm guessing by her last name, maybe Vietnamese. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and then, and then, and then the host said, "Well, it's why we have Trump, and I will not allow this country to be told what to do by foreigners." Um, Ouch. That is quite unacceptable. Well, the weird thing about that story is like Airbnb is so the hosts can make money off of the people staying there. So really the person that lost out in that particular situation was, what was her name? Tammy? Yeah. Tammy with an I? Yeah. T-A-M-I? Trash. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the host ultimately lost out because the host didn't make that side money. No, not at all. And all because of what? Because she didn't want Asians staying at her house? I, I, that has to be it. I mean, there was a, a nice little reason. looking white man sitting in the back of that car. Right, right. And so on the way up there, there was a KTLA news crew covering the blizzard. Mm-hmm. And so they stopped by and actually she got interviewed with them. It's a fantastic like three little minute interview, which is very raw, very real. You see her sort of break down and cry. She has an American. She's an American citizen. She's been here all her life and she considers America her home. And still to be treated like this three minutes away from the cabin in a fucking blizzard is just abhorrent. Like, yeah, I mean, if you haven't if you are not aware of the racism that exists on airbnb or if you're not aware of the racist um, claims that people have thrown at airbnb take a minute check out this video uh because it definitely does speak to the whiteness of airbnb yes for sure yeah there's a lot of people out there that think that airbnb in one way or another is contributing to gentrification and it could possibly be because harvard recently did a study i believe it was in 2017 maybe it was even in 2016 that shows that it is 16 percent harder for black oh yeah 16 percent harder for people with black names to book a reservation on airbnb or I've also heard the opposite where if you are a black host, it's harder for you to get people to actually to actually maybe make a business. Right. To book a, to book book a, a room. To book a room. Book a house. Because like, no one apparently wants to book a house from a black person. Apparently. Apparently. I heard that too, which was interesting because I um, I said in, in last week's episode, I am going out of town. I'm going to Europe. And uh, my best friend and I decided to do two Airbnbs and one hotel. So the hotel is going to be in Berlin, but the two Airbnbs are both in Paris. And... It was the first time that I had ever booked Airbnb mm. under my own name. I've always stayed in Airbnbs that other friends have booked, for. many of them white, for other trips. Oh, okay. But I've never actually booked an Airbnb myself until this trip. Ah. And knowing all of the information that Are I... You a little tense? I was very tense going yeah. into it. When I set up my profile, I went out of my way... <laughs> To find a picture, read, I found a headshot because I'm an actress, um, that was not super black, really approachable, yeah. friendly and warm. Yeah, yeah The clothing yeah. that I'm wearing is like quirky and weird. Yeah, isn't no- that one where you have your hair up and a ponytail yeah. in the background like tur- yeah, turquoise? exactly. Like, I went out of my way to find the most unblack, un- <laughs> oh, God domineering picture I could because I didn't want to be turned down for a a bitchin Airbnb spot like that was literally the thought that went through my mind is okay how unblack can I I and I'm so ashamed to say that but I feel like on this show I can be honest with our viewers and with our listeners and you but like that was definitely a consideration that was definitely a concern and there's still a bit of nerves as I because the trip has not happened yet Mm. I'm still a bit nervous that I'm gonna show up at that first one and it's like oh no black chick absolutely not are you guys lesbians (laughs) no you can't stay here like that's still very much a fear for me you know that's interesting i think about it i've booked airbnb a couple times now um san francisco san diego um japan like i've kind of you've been all over the world in airbnb in a way not like obviously more local but um uh um i thinking back now Mm -hmm. subconsciously most of my airbnb hosts have all been minorities the yes 
Uh, my Paris Airbnb, I believe the gentleman is Iranian. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I don't know the first couple. I don't know how or why. I mean, obviously the one in Japan, she was Japanese. She was super sweet. She was like our age. It was a, such a cute little spot. I didn't feel obviously any racism towards that because we were in Japan. Um, that's interesting, um, though. The ones that I've booked here in California have all been Hispanic. Um, huh. Yeah. I, I would have never thought to look at the nationality of the host literally until this moment and you said that. Yeah, because you were talking about trying to be un, like unblocking yourself. Uh, not, well, just not, like, trying not to, to like be scream black. black. And I think I subconsciously have chosen a host that will receive me well because I am Asian. Interesting. Somehow. Got it. It's interesting that, that it manifested for you like that. And for me, it manifested in don't put the African Barbie dressed pictures <laughs> on your Airbnb. But seriously, like, you know, I felt like I, there was a moment where I had to be like, okay, well, how black do I want to be if yeah. I want to get a good Airbnb? But I never thought about looking at the nationality of the yeah. host itself. I mean, granted, for me, it's a lot about the spot and the pricing. Ultimately, that's what determines. But I think that I've somehow, uh, alongside with that, have been finding hosts that are minorities. Hmm. Interesting. Well. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Side note. Side note. Well, Jackie, have no fear. The NAACP is here Ooh, to save us. And to save Airbnb from itself. <laughs> itself, yes. In reality, they, uh, they, so the NAACP teamed up with Airbnb last year. I think it was in August. Um, as a way to try and use its clout in the black community to get black hosts and customers for Airbnb. Okay. Now, this ruffled a few feathers. But uh, <laughs> just hear out the, the partnership that Airbnb and NAACP. the NAACP have going on. So. In exchange for every black host the NAACP brings in, the hospitality tech company will quote-unquote donate 20% of the revenue or sales commission. The company also said it will diversify its employees a whole 1.4%. Boom. A whopping 1.4, ladies yes. and gentlemen. From 9.6% to 11% by the end of the year. That would be last year, 2017, because it wants more black employees. But of course, not too many black employees. We would hate for Airbnb to just become a black company. Right. How dare they? Um, this has obviously gotten some backlash from the black community. Uh, yeah, you started talking and I rolled my eyes. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised that the NAACP would fall for this. Right. In, like, in perfect honesty, I'm surprised. But here's why. Why the NAACP would join forces with a definitely white-owned company uh -huh. to help make them money when the NAACP could link up forces with, let's say, Noir B&B, yeah, a say black company and a respite from all the racism yeah. that black people already incur on right. Airbnb. I'm sure Asian people use new Airbnb because it's it's a safe minority travel home sharing destination. Yeah. I'm sure any person of color is welcome to use new Airbnb. I don't think it's just a black thing. I feel like I have to say that uh, so as people don't assume one thing, but it's truly another. But um, how the NAACP fell for this, who made the, the first initiation in this business contract? I'm not too sure. But the fact that essentially the NAACP is helping this white company to get more black trap go ahead what sorry no, what, go for what, it. what 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 makes me like uh, you know when like someone says something and your head just goes like oh yeah, like, yeah yeah i gotta like oh, i don't know about that it's the whole like 
you bring in black people and we'll donate money. Like yeah. that just like why? Why do you have to donate money to other causes? Like that's just, it's not it's like it feels like it's charity. Well, it's very exploitative it is. of the black community. Right. And and you if you are so so called Airbnb and you have tons of money and you're this amazing company, shouldn't you be able to do that on your own without having to donate money as if it's like something charity? That you pity? Charity. Yeah. Like, oh, so now we're doing this something amazing. Not only are we donating money, but we have more black hosts, but we're mostly donating money because we're getting more black hosts. Yeah, because we're getting more money, we're willing to donate a little bit. Having more black employees um, will only slightly spike right. that. Like, donate money because you want to donate money, not because of the black people being part of your company or because you have black hosts. Right. Like, this sounds like a really fancy business pitch to me. Yeah. Where I bet when it's actually employed is not as great as Right. To reassure me of whatever the fuck, like, racist thing you guys are doing, you're not really reassuring me. You're just making me more angry. Yeah. Because if you (laughs) have to, like, roll out the red carpet to invite one race of people yeah because your business needs the money of this quote-unquote untapped market which isn't a fucking untapped market right. black people would like to, black people like to travel yeah we like to either stay in a hotel or have an at-home comfortable apartment Absolutely. duplex whatever experience um but because your site has allowed racists to thrive and make money we don't feel safe yeah and that's your fault and you shouldn't, like, what if it was, you know, they were successful, so I don't know if that's true or not, if it says that in the article, but let's say whatever, you know, statistics, and it's like, okay, so now by 2018, we have, you know, 5% of our Airbnb hosts are now African American, whereas before it was only 3%, and then we have donated $2 million because of that. It just, like, rings wrong to my ears. Well, it rings racist to my ears. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because if you need a monetary incentive to bring people in... Just one specific race of people. Like, yeah. they're not doing this for Asian people. They're no. not doing this for Hispanic people. They're doing it for black people. Yeah. That feels super racist right. to me. Like, you're donating donating money on my cause just because I'm black? Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you want this untapped market that is untapped because your business practices have made us feel unsafe. And so instead of, of booking an Airbnb, we'll book a new Airbnb. Or we'll book a hotel. Right. Or just releasing a statement like, hey... We're sorry. We're gonna be better at being more um, multi, whatever. Y- instead of instead of doing that, like hire someone, a board member, mm-hmm. hire a CFO, hire hire a CEO that's African American. Yeah. Do something like that. Yeah, like create you know? the change internally behind the scenes first. On top, right, right, before just going to your community. Because if you don't have the change behind the scenes, the change in front of the scenes or in sales, i.e., is not going to be as strong. No, are the people who are hiring are they black? Are right. the people who are right? You know, like what is that all about? So it's it's just it's not transparent enough, and that bothers me. Yeah. in today's world. Because everything now is about being very transparent. Totally. And there's just some fishy, fishy ass shit back there that I don't like. Yeah, like word to white folks, black people, Asian people, Mexican people. We want to know that y'all are representing us. Yeah, just be straightforward. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. But if you're clearly not hiring people of color at your company, but you're willing to make money off of us, off of us, there's a problem there that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm very surprised that the NAACP <sighs> fell for this. Maybe they thought somehow it would benefit them associating with that company. I don't know. I that. don't know. I was I was super but, surprised when I read when I 
did the research and read these articles and was like, yeah. oh, the NAACP of all people. Right. Okay. Oh, yay. I'm going to join Airbnb and become a host so they can donate money. Oh, what, what the world is such a what? No. Right. But but yet still sitting at home, the black man who has a very black sounding name is still going to have a hard time booking a nicer Airbnb yeah. owned by a white family. Right. Like, or that's not going to change. Or you have a fantastic, beautiful home. That white person has that same fantastic, beautiful home in the same area, right. on the same street. Right. They can rent their place for $130 a night, but you have to rent yours for 99 Right. right? Exactly. Like, totally. It's just... Uh... And I think all this boils down to the fact that it's really easy to be racist behind a computer screen. Oh, yeah. You know, when no one's looking at you or there's no eyes on you, it's super easy to be racist or sexist or homophobic sure. or whatever. Obia. Internet tr- people trolling on YouTube comments, totally. all of that shit that people are not willing to be upfront because A, they don't have the balls. B, they they think that by, you know, by staying home and cowering behind the computers, it's easier that way. Right. Um, that, that Going back to that Airbnb host who Take was me back. extremely racist to the Asian girl, she had to pay $5,000. No, the host. The host, Tammy. yeah. Tammy. Tammy. Oh, Tammy. Um, who, she, there's a list. She had to um, take a college course in Asian American um, studies or something. She had to pay $5,000. She had to, like, there was this huge list where she was required to do. And, uh, I mean, they they were, I guess they were happy that she was so obliged or complied, who knows. But Yeah, because she's making money off of Airbnb. Yeah. So she's going to lose money having to pay this fine and go to this class. So she's going to obviously want to stay on the platform right. to recoup those funds. No, they. she's not anymore. Oh, she's not. After she, not only does she have to do all that, she is now an ex-host. Oh. Are you kidding me? Okay. Yeah, they would not keep her on there, I'm Got sure. Got Yeah. See, I have mixed feelings about that. Because, see, I would have slapped her with, like, a 10 grand fine Mm -hmm. and said, fuck the class. And I only would have said, fuck the class, because a woman like that, that just doesn't like Asian people just for being Asian. A woman like that that says, says, it's why we have Trump and I won't let foreigners tell me what to do. That person's not going to receive anything in an Asian American studies class. That person is going to (sighs) go there with the specific intent of not picking up shit yeah. or even worse that person tammy is going to go to that class and be like that idiot american that's like but white people but american people but we and it's like shut the fuck up <laughs> you're in an asian american studies class like yeah. be quiet learn polite it's but, like kind of an integral part of certain asian cultures it, but it's also i mean like you said tammy trash <laughs> Tammy, I was trash. just I was just in Big Bear in January. I went I with my huge family. We did we booked an Airbnb. Awesome. My brother booked it. My aunt booked it through through something. But they were, it was they were all really nice. I wasn't very involved, so I don't know if it was white or if it maybe it was a larger company because there's a lot of you know rentals and um, stuff up there. But um, uh, I was there and I was like observing the people around there. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, and mm-hmm. a lot of people there are just pretty trashy like white folk who don't have much education living up in the mountains very barren cold you know it's beautiful don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but the kind of people that live there people like tammy i don't know i like i I hate cold that drive is really windy and makes me sick so i've been a big bear since i was like eight Oh, really? I love Big Bear. Well, I really like snowboarding. Oh, okay. I love snowboarding. You're a snow bunny. That's yeah. right. But, um, and I love spending time with family, just kind of escaping the city, but being still close enough. Right, that you can go home with something. Yeah, and it, do, and it and it hasn't been terribly freezing there. Okay. Um, But, but the people, yeah, just, 
I wasn't surprised that like it was someone from Big Bear. Okay. <laughs> it had to be someone. Well, I hope Airbnb figures their shit out and fast because Jackie, the Chinese are coming. They are the coming. They're here. They're, they, they came. The they Chinese came. came. They are coming back. Everyone had amazing orgasms. And <laughs> Chinese tourism is on the up and Dude, up. I think we're going to take over the world. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. And Just I think saying. your play says it best. Like, Americans are not going to learn Chinese. No. We're, they're not. No. But they probably should. They, because... Oh, they fucking should. If they're smart and they want to do business with Chinese men yeah. and want to have some sort of stake and yep. property and, and and investment, they should learn it. And Chinese tourism is dominating tourism. Mm-hmm. Chinese people have usurped Buses. Americans. Buses of tourists getting dropped off everywhere. Yeah, but they've, they've totally defeated Americans and Germans when it comes to the amount of tourism mm-hmm. that they do, the amount of money that they spend, and yeah. how often they travel. And I think they they're sitting at the top of the tourism Right. Uh, I think list. because the thing with like Chinese people, I think they're willing and they want to spend that kind of money. They don't see it as like, yeah, oh, I don't have this much money. They're like, okay, let's just go and do it and figure like somehow figure, work hard, you know, all that shit that they do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, by 2015, 100 million Chinese will pack their bags to travel abroad. According to a report from the UN World Tourism Organization in 2012, Chinese overtook Americans and Germans as the world's top international tourism spenders with 83 million people spending a record U.S. 102 billion Ooh. on international tourism. Yeah. So this poses an interesting conundrum because the Chinese are traveling, but but are the countries that they are traveling to aware of their culture? And are they? I'm not necessarily saying that foreign countries should bend to to the the cultures of others. But you want people that are spending money in your country to feel welcomed. He- yes, that I agree. I'm going to play devil's advocate sure. here. But I also think that if you're going to travel to another country, you have to be – how do I put this? I have Just a lot of exposure it. to different cultures because I'm multicultural. And there's a certain way you kind of have to be. Mm-hmm. And I think Chinese people don't have that as much because in China it's such a bubble that they don't have so much exposure to maybe some of the different cultures in certain areas. I'm right. guessing like the cities for sure. But they also have to, because they're, they have to have understand, like, like Americans get a bad rep, right? It's like same with Chinese. They have to be yes. careful with the way they are in other people's cultures because yes, you're spending money mm-hmm. in their country, but you can also be rude and annoying. And I saw that firsthand when I was in Japan, and I was extremely ashamed to be Chinese for that moment because I saw a big-ass group of Chinese people being loud as hell in Japan where you are the most well-behaved. The loudest duck gets shot. I believe I've heard like a Japanese mother say that over and over and over yeah like you have to be so polite you know you have to know your like just understand the culture and respect the culture and don't go there and just be reckless which i feel like sometimes chinese people have a way of not really giving a shit and just being themselves in that country which then bothers me and I think there are a lot of people out there that would agree with you. A thousand that. percent. A lot of people would say that uh, Chinese tourists specifically, they they bring their culture with them. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's sort of like when Texans travel to other places within the United States. Yeah. Oh, you know they're Texan. They're always Texan. Texans no matter what. Texans are always from Texas. They will let you know. And oh, I think yeah. It's sort of the same thing with Chinese people. And I think that's a double-edged sword. It is. And it's it, you have to be very careful, careful with 
knowing how you're perceived by a different culture in their country, I think is really important. Yeah. I think that extra level of awareness mm-hmm. is what most people don't have. Yeah, I did. When traveling. I did get a taste of the sort of Chinese bubble that you're talking about when I went to Spain. Mm. Um, there was a couple of times where if it was between myself going into a, biz- into a building first or like a Chinese man going into a building first, I was always like, going to the building first. I'm a woman, like straight up. And like yeah. Spanish culture, respectful, women going first kind of a thing. I don't know if it's the same way in Asian culture. Eh. But I would always, it was always like me walking toward the entrance at the same time as a Chinese dude. And I would always like, nope, pushing my way. I'm always going to go first because it's a, look at the country that we're in. We're in Spain. Yeah. Like it's, it's a chivalrous culture. It is for sure. So like, because I am in Spain and this is how it is. And because chivalry is a thing here, I'm going to enter that building first. Yeah. No disrespect to you. It's just, you can't right. take the bubble with you. I think it's right. But I don't think he even noticed Okay. That there was maybe a woman next to him that maybe he should let her go first. You know, like... Are you saying Chinese men don't notice women? I'm kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm don't sure they do, that. but it's, 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 it's different. Like, <laughs> that's a whole other episode of, like, love and sexuality amongst Chinese culture. Yes. You know, that's that like, is different. That I could get into for hours. <laughs> so, essentially, pretty much any country with a, quote, approved destination status, a bilateral tourism arrangement with China uh, is established. And that has remarkable numbers to th- to throw out Chinese tourism growth from the United States to France. So, we have a partnership because the United States is on an approved travel list. Oh, I see. Sorry, guys. That was super random. I put my phone down and then an ad started to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if, it's, if, we're, if you're on an approved travel destination site, you probably have some sort of setup with China to yeah. bring tourists to that country is what I was saying. I see. There's also lots of money involved. There's a ton of money involved. There's a ton mm-hmm. of money to be made and a ton of money to be spent. And money is a hard thing to turn your, your head to. yeah. And, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Like... Ever since the Opium War, like, Chinese people have been extremely oppressed, repressed. And so now that they're a serious spending force. And they want to open up more to the outside world. Yeah. Travel is going to be an easy way to do that. Yeah. And and I also think because, especially, I mean, I I don't know relationships with other countries with China, but I know U.S. owes a lot of money to China. Mm. And so I I know a lot of, like, another way of, like, letting them know that we are on their side and that we want their business is by saying, hey, we're, we open your doors to you. Come invest in us. Come buy our properties. Come fund our Hollywood movies. There's been a couple movies. I think I saw it was that last movie with um, Amy Schumer, I Feel Pretty. Like, I never saw it. The yes. first... Um, the first, like, couple things that, like, popped up were, like, Chinese production houses. Oh, um, you know, interesting. Yeah. And then it was, like, whatever studio produced it. But it was, like, oh, I get it. And a majority of the film was in Chinatown. In She's in New York. So it was, like, in Flushing area. I think. Ah, interesting. So it was just, like, hmm, they're putting their little, you know, they're, don't underestimate us. We're, we're, we're smart. We've been around oh, totally. for thousands of years. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. There's a lot of land in the U.S. that is owned by Chinese people. Yeah, tons. tons. Which is kind of a funny thought, if you will. Like, yeah. this land is your land. This right. land is Chinese land. Like, <laughs> hey, can I have said it better? Yeah, whether or not you like it. Like, mm-hmm. Chinese people come here, they spend money. And I think you said it's because there's not a lot of debt. No. In China? No, I don't think so. They, I don't think... Well, I, I'm... don't. I, As compared to the U.S. Right. 
Yeah. Owing other countries. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry that I wasn't clear about that. No, no, no. It's okay. So, yeah, all that said, um, other countries are sort of slow to catch up to Chinese cultures and Chinese customs. And the question then does become, should other countries uh, catch up? Catch up? Know how to catch up? Or should they maintain their cultural authenticity and... Chinese people and Chinese tourists have to learn different cultures. The expectation then being you're going to pick up and assume these cultures and assume a way of behaving, assume a way of... Yeah. I think if you live in like major big cities where that's always going to be destinations, travel destinations, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I think if if you are traveling, here are my thoughts. If you are traveling, watch a documentary... Um, listen to a couple tapes, watch a movie, listen to music from there, learn the food or, you know, little things like that. Watch something that like you go there in that city with some sort of like knowledge about that city. It will only benefit you. Oh, I would hope no one would travel to a city without any prior knowledge. That's me just sounds You'd be surprised, especially if it's like a giant group who's being led like a lot of it's mostly like Chinese groups. Like they're being led by someone who's telling them about it. Do you know what I mean? I, I think like I those see what huge, you're saying. It's like a tourist package. It's like, okay. it's not like like the way we, you and I maybe would travel. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess comes, there are two different types of there tourists are. when yes. it comes to international travel. There is yes. the package tourists. Sort of. We've, we're taking care of you. You're paying us maybe even more for right. us to take care of you. Right. You've got the, you want to hit all eight major European cities in 10 days? Yes. You buy this package, we'll ensure that you do that. Yes. And we'll talk to you. We'll guide you. We'll give you all the knowledge you need. Got it. And then there's the other that's a little more savvy and a little more self-organized. Which, and, and, and takes a lot more own personal investment and personal work and maybe yes. more stress because you are thinking of how do I get from point a to point b do i have to buy a pass how much does it cost can i do this what time does it leave you know all this stuff is there food allowed on the train you know all this stuff and so i think one is more involved than the other for sure and one is more hands-off yeah and i think either way get knowledge about your city and then and then just just go there and and enjoy it but don't just I don't know. I, I maybe I'm more jaded, not necessarily jaded, but because I have traveled, I I don't I don't I don't like that. Like I'm a tourist. Like I don't like being that. I like kind of blending in and like being like feeling sort of like I'm in it. Yeah, I definitely feel like that, especially living in in California, um, or even just like going to visit my parents on the west side because my parents live near the Venice Beach area yeah. and then have a crash pad in uh, in Marina del Rey and like. Anytime there's very clearly a tourist that has a sweatshirt on, proudly proclaiming they're from Nebraska <laughs> with like the, the walking sandals right. yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, a yeah, fanny yeah. pack yeah. around the fanny, I the, have a lot the of, waist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like a pair of walking shorts. I'm always like, ah, uh, like, must you? Proclaim to the world that you are a tourist? Yeah. I have a lot of Brazilian families that come out and I'm like, do you have to wear Brazil t-shirts says Brazil in all caps letters on your chest every day in different color? Yeah, that was definitely like a pain in the ass sight growing up in Venice Beach. Like, okay, we get it. You're in Venice. Do you need to wear a shirt that tells us where you are? Because where you are is right here. And And I mean, I get it too. Like being a tourist 
especially if you are doing it more hands-on, can be very disorienting, can mm-hmm. be very stressful. If you do have kids, if you're on your honeymoon, if you don't speak the language, like, I get it. I think it's just more of just, like, approach it with a sense of, like, respect and and know that, like, understand that you, regardless of who you are, you're also setting some sort of example for the others of you that are coming into this country, especially if it's, like, Chinese people who do travel all over the world, mm-hmm. you know? Like, Denise and I, my brother's girlfriend, hi, Denise, um, <laughs> we were in this huge, we were in this huge mall in Japan, and we were drinking a smoothie, and this flock of, like, Shanghainese, they were they're probably Shanghainese, like, yelling and screaming, and literally her and I, like, just put our head down. We were, like, of embarrassment yeah or? of just like embarrassment and just like i can't believe we just saw what i saw right you know like, yeah come on this isn't your home <laughs> you know yeah like don't treat it like like and that's what i'm getting at it's like n- respect the other culture and i get they're just coming into something totally different but 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 know that you're in someone else's land definitely i would agree with you that. know yeah yeah i think that between these two episodes i was left with a really deep feeling of introspection because if there are countries that are not good for african-american people to travel to whether it's because of racism or or uh if you depending on your sexual orientation like lgbt reception is not that warm what do you yeah. do? You know, you as a human being, you want to travel, you want to see the world. Yeah. But if there are these places around the world that are not safe for you and that are not used to seeing you, yeah. you being whatever yeah. uh, minority or, you are. Or just, I think, even the culture. Like when I was in Japan, uh, specifically in Tokyo, and I look Asian. I may even look Japanese to some people. I don't think I look Japanese. But like we, Denise, my brother's girlfriend and I, um, we got lost every day in Japan. The subway oh. system is really confusing. Uh-huh. And our Wi-Fi was in and out. Got it. And so it was really frustrating because we would wake up in the morning, get really, like, cute and pretty, and be like, all right, here we go. Let's get lost for two hours. Mm-hmm. Every fucking morning for, like, a week. Damn. And then her and I would get stressed and mm, pissed at each other. And we would start being, like, bitches to each other because, like, we're hungry and Travel we're mad. can be high stress. I can't. And I re- no one was helping us. Mm. No one. Because the culture is... Subway crazy. Everyone has a place to go. It's right. work time. No one thinks that they need like. There's been places where I've traveled and be like, "Are you lost? Do you need help?" Right. You, you feel like a you can't approach them, and b like you are approachable. Mm-hmm. You know. But in like people were whizzing past us, not giving a shit. These two little Chinese girls like all lost. No one looked at us even twice, and 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 saw Ooh. like, oh, they're lost. Maybe I should help them. Like right. no one. And you would think because it's Tokyo, right? So maybe that was my experience, and I was yeah. having like not a very good time. And then I realized like it is what it is. Like I've decided to come here. I've decided to spend my money. So let me yes. suck it up and and figure out a way and just move past it. Like you can't let it. You can't let that destroy your vacation. Racist abuse can definitely destroy a vacation. It can. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You could probably want to disagree with the last part of what you said. Yeah, I think I think mine was more of different where it wasn't really mostly like racism, but it was just more of like not feeling like I was welcomed. welcomed. Got it. Okay. But because I didn't feel like it was personally because I looked like what I looked. It was like they would do the same to Hmm. anyone else. Got you know it. What I mean, and I it, think it was I'm more culture thing. Interesting, and, and I'm definitely erring on the side of like being discriminated against while traveling abroad because of how you look. Yeah. And as a human being, if you, if you have a desire to travel, 
but yet you're not received warmly when you get there. What do you but do? But conversely, these people in this country that are discriminating against you, they're not used to seeing you. Mm -hmm. They're not used to dealing with a human being past a stereotype or what they've seen on TV or what they've read in books or movies. How does one know the full scope of their humanity? Yeah. How do you know where you're, how do you know if a culture is ever going to reside with you if racist abuse is yeah. the souvenir right. that you take home from vacation? Here's what I would say too, though. I would say don't let that be like your end all be all. Because what if you have a really horrible racist experience with someone in that city? True. And you go somewhere else, somewhere in that city, and either you meet someone amazing and you share your experience with them and mm -hmm. you're able to like, Connect. Connect. Yeah. You know, it's just like experiencing racism in your own country, in your own family, in your own friends. I think it's just like, yes, it may ruin that moment, that day, that week, that vacation, but I just don't like, and, and depending if where you are in that frame of mind, it can affect you, mm -hmm. but I think it, it, it wouldn't be, it, you, it would be uncomfortable and it, it takes some work and some time. Maybe you don't go back to that country for years later or you right. feel some anger resentment towards that country or that person or that experience mm -hmm. but I would just say for the sake of your your enjoyment yeah in life yeah. and in a general outlook is just don't don't unless it's extremely horrible like you do get attacked and you know and die and die yeah then because yeah. I've heard stories like that too you yeah. know where it's just fucking traumatic and tragic as hell then I would say like that's so much more different. Yeah, but. I think the thing about experiencing racism abroad is the fact that if I experience racism here in the United States, I can at least speak the person who's uh, throwing the racism out, out at me. Mm -hmm. I can speak their language. I can do yeah. what Alana generally does in a language that we both understand to sort of walk away with dignity. If I experience racism in Germany, I don't speak German. Mm -mm. I cannot talk the person down who's hurling racist epithets at me. I am completely at a loss. Similarly, German police apparently don't take claims of racism very seriously. Yeah. So, like, what's a girl to do? And I'm just using Germany as an example because I'm sure. going right. soon. Well, let, let me know if something well, happens. We'll sure. do. But these two episodes definitely left me feeling extremely introspective. And yeah, and um, you're about to travel, so yeah, I am hoping you don't experience it firsthand. Maybe you'll see it firsthand, and maybe you will. But regardless, I think it'd be good for you to talk about it and. I mean, I'm traveling to Asia, but I might travel within Asia. But who knows, like, if something like that might happen because there's racism within Asia yeah, too. So, true. I mean, I think we'll let you guys know. And I think this is just more of a conversation to spark up, like, really all that does happen throughout traveling, despite it being so glamorous and fun and awesome, there is the human aspect of, you know, the cultural and the racist races being in, in intersected in mm -hmm. each other and that that's yeah. alive and well totally yeah <laughs> in today's world and we're just talking race we didn't even talk about gender that's no, a no, whole no. different that's a whole episode it's a whole nother episode no, but no, we no, will no, just no. wrap it up right here yeah and say because it's hot and i want some ice cream it's true <laughs> This episode was produced by Christian Humes at Zeitheist. I'm Alana Webster at Renegade of Fun on the gram. You can also find the show's Instagram at Black and Yellow Podcast. And I'm talking to... 
Jacqueline Chung Young. Uh, That's me. I should have my own theme song every time I say my name. There it is. <laughs> I think that there's some sort of copyright thing there. All right, all right. Um, uh, find us on Spotify and iTunes. We are on there as well. We are the classic black and yellow yin and yang symbol. Mm-hmm. And it's in black and yellow. Did oh. you know that? Ooh. You're picking up what we're putting Ooh. down because we did that. <laughs> like, we did that. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. Have a wonderful summer. Take care of your of yourselves. Drink lots of water and stay cool. Yeah, one love, guys. Stay woke. If you're traveling, travel safe. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>